If you please take your Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter number 12 this evening. Genesis chapter number 12. Had a good meeting with our HOPE program. And uh, praise the Lord for the faithfulness of God's people there. Um, kind of kicking off uh, first lesson of the year um, on Thursday nights with our new topic, uh, which is, um, you know, our year theme is without spot or wrinkle. And um, our Thursday night theme is ironing out some issues. So get the pun there. It's, all right, good, all right. Uh, but uh, we're going to first start looking at some issues um, and some things to talk about with the home. And um, I want to start here in Genesis chapter number 12 and uh, just give some practical lessons uh, the next few weeks uh, with our home, um, with the relationship between husband and wife, with children, and uh, just a lot of these will be reminders. Some of these things will um, be uh, just some, uh, some practical teaching from these stories like we are tonight. Probably take a few weeks to get through this lesson, but... Uh, here in Genesis chapter number 12, um, Abraham, in, um, according to how long he lived, a young Abraham, uh, but he is there with his bride Sarah, and um, exciting times in Sarah's li- or Abraham's life, uh, just getting started, um, God's leading him, uh, he's going to this uh, new land to... Uh, sojourn there. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of excitement, a lot of fear. Um, they're just seeking to follow the Lord. Lot is with them, uh, their nephew, uh, but they're just getting started as a, uh, this family all on their own. They had left his father, uh, Terah, and, uh, and so here they are, and God is doing some great things. Uh, if you want to glance down at chapter number 12, um, verse number five, Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that had, uh, they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land into the place of uh, Sychem, unto the plain of Morah, and the Canaanite uh, was in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. Um, life is good. Uh, things are going well for Abraham and Sarah. Um, they had left and started on their own now. Um, you know, they, they, the Lord is speaking to them. The Lord is leading them. But things began to go south. Like, literally, but also spiritually. Uh, things begin to go south. And um, he meets with the Lord here, and the Lord speaks to him. But then uh, in verse number 8, it says, And he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel, and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west, and Hai on the east. And there he built an altar unto the Lord, and he called on, upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. Um, Interesting enough, God nowhere in the scripture tells him to keep going south. When we studied, we've been preaching through the book of Genesis, we've already studied this, but he continues heading south, and then a famine in verse number 10 comes. And Abram, in his human reasoning, and as a husband, an uncle, 
He wants to take care of his family, and so what makes sense to him is to go where there's food. So he goes on south further into Egypt. Egypt in the Bible is always a picture of what? The world. And he heads down there to sojourn there, and the famine is very grievous in the land. Verse 11, it came to pass when he was come near to enter into Egypt that he said to Sarai, his wife, Behold now, I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon. Therefore it shall come to pass when the Egyptians shall see thee that they shall say, This is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will save thee alive. Say, I pray thee, thou art my sister, that it may be well with me for thy sake, and my soul shall live because of thee. So when they enter the land of Egypt, uh, apparently um, his wife was, in Abraham's opinion, an attractive lady, which apparently she was because, just as he said, she caught the eye of Pharaoh. And he told her, he said, Now, when we get into the land, you tell everyone that you're my sister. And uh, because if they think you're my wife, they'll kill me and take you. Now, first of all, that's a ridiculous plan. But she went with it. And I want to kind of examine this passage of Scripture real quick tonight and just see some lessons for husbands tonight because obviously Abram, Abraham, he didn't make some good decisions here. Can we all agree on that? He made some bad decisions. So I want to encourage you, all right, church, encourage you to write some thoughts down here, all right? Uh, if you are a husband, if you plan to be a husband one day, uh, but uh, as grandparents, as you can help those, all right, uh, who are going to seek your counsel. But I want to see some things about Abram that we can apply to us as husbands tonight. Number one, just some important lessons real quick, and uh, we'll do ha about half tonight and half next week, Lord willing. Number one, men, be careful how you direct your wife. Be careful how you direct your wife. Abram led his wife in the wrong direction. They shouldn't have been in Egypt. But that's where they found themselves. I believe Sarah, at this point, I know we're Sarai at this point, but I believe that, uh, as Peter talks about, she was a, a respectful wife. She tried to honor her husband and obey her husband. But Abram's leading in the wrong direction. And men, we'll preface everything else that we'll say here in these next five minutes with this. God has ordained that the husbands be the, least, the leaders in their home. And that's not belittling. If you think it's belittling, then you have to say that this is belittling. That Paul said that as Jesus is subject to the father, so a wife should be subject to her husband. So if you're, you know, if you say, well, that's belittling. I shouldn't have to be subject to my husband. Well, do you really think that the father is belittling to the Lord Jesus? In no way. Both are equal. Amen? One is not more powerful than the other. One is not more knowing than the other. One is not more wise than the other. They, they are literally equal. That's, that's why Jesus uh, says about the Lord Jesus in Philippians, who thought it not robbery to be what? Equal with God. I mean, that's just a factual statement. Yet, he willingly takes that and subjects himself to the will of the Father. 
just as a wife. Listen, we men are not superior beings to the ladies. In no way. We're not smarter than them. This is your chance to amen and get some brownie points, man. All right, yeah, all right. You know, whatever the case is, all right, you know, we're not a superior being. Yet God has ordained, because authority is a big deal, and God has ordained that the men be the leader in their home. Abraham took this. He was leading, but he led in the wrong way. And we men got to be very careful. Abraham got off track when he quit talking to God. Amen. You're not going to find him having a conversation with God until there's a big mess on his hands. Had he continued to speak with God, he probably wouldn't have gotten this mess. And men, when we quit having a relationship and a walk with God, we're going to find ourselves in a big mess too. God expects us to lead. Be careful how you lead your wife. Let me give you some examples of what he did, all right? Number one, Abraham was not directed by the divine God, but by a disaster. He was not directed by the divine, but by a disaster. Why did he go to Egypt? There's a famine. He let a problem become his focus. And he lost track of the things he should have had his eyes on. We all have to be careful because we all have to deal with problems in our life. I don't, that will not end till we get to heaven one day, all right? We're going to deal with problems because we live in a sin-cursed world. But the fact is this, all right? We can't allow the problems to blind us from everything that is around us. But that's so easy to do. You know, I've learned at my house, you know, and I, I during the summer, I mow my yard and I mow my mom's yard. And, um, you know, I'm always really envious of those who can make those perfect straight lines and it looks like one is darker than the other i don't know how they do that right uh but uh you know i you know i started mowing especially in my mom's backyard it's just a, a, a you know probably half an acre nothing i mean there's nothing in our backyard and uh, you know i started noticing that you know because i just when i mow i love mowing because it's my thinking time and my mind's just on things and you know and every once in a while, I look down, and my lines are like, you know, I'm crooked, all right? So what I found out is this, that while I'm mowing, you know, and I can visualize this in my head right now, when I make that first turn, I keep my eyes focused on the downspout on the corner of my mom's house. And I head that way, all right? On my second turn, my eye is focused on the kitchen window, all right? I'm still thinking, but I'm keeping myself focused and the lines are straight because you head the direction where your eyes are focused every time. And, and Abraham got fo- so focused on problems that he got himself in a mess with his family. And I say that to say this, say, well, how does that apply to us, preacher? Right? It applies in this way. Sometimes there's things going on at, at work. Sometimes there's financial issues. Sometimes there's health issues. There's friend issues, family issues, whatever the case is. And we can let it control us to a point to where that's all we see. And we rob our family of their father and husband. You got to be careful. A couple months ago, Saturday morning, everything went wrong. I mean, just like everything. You ever had those days? 
you know, and I, I woke up and there were some issues and then I went and made a couple of visits and, and uh, one of the shut-ins that I visited was upset at me for something and, you know, and they, 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 they yelled at me. And, um, and, uh, and then I came to church and something happened with some, a light or something and I uh, didn't expect that, had to fix it. And, uh, and then uh, stopped at the grocery store and you basically have to get a loan now to go to a grocery store. And, and, uh, and then I go home and I'm just, I'm just at a point frustrated. Nothing was going right. On my way home, a friend of mine uh, out in Oklahoma, Brother Rick Carter, he's been here, he called me, and uh, I was literally pulling out of the grocery store, and he goes, hey, how's your day going? I was like, actually terrible. And he goes, mine too, that's why I'm calling. I was like, really? He goes, yeah. He said, I, I went to church for visitation. Two people showed up. He said, it frustrated me. He said, I went and made visits, and either they didn't want me to come or they weren't home. He said, and he started telling some other things that happened at the church and some other things they had to deal with at their home. And uh, he, says, he, goes, he goes, I called to you know, be encouraged. I said, well, I'm having a worse day than you, man. And we just like both like complained to each other. And, um, and so then I go home, and when I go home, uh, Alex and Grace were there, and um, you know, and uh, I think Coy was working. I think Elena was there, but uh, we were, we they they were there. So I walk in, and uh, when I walk in, uh, Grace looks at me and she says, "Dad, do you want to play Mario Party?" And I was like, "Sure, why not?" And uh, we begin to play, and they all beat me. They always do. Um, they all beat me, but we had an, an unbelievably good time. And then we played a board game, code names or something like that, and uh, we played that. We had a good time. And uh, because uh, Brother Coy was working, I had Grace say, can you take me home? So Saturday night, it's probably about 8, 30, 9 o'clock, I'm, I drive her home, I drop her off, and I pull out of her house there, and uh, the phone rings, and it was Brother Ray Carter. And I answered the phone, and he goes, he goes, well, I just want to check in. Has your day gotten any better? I was like, yeah, it has. He goes, not mine. He goes, what happened? What did you do? I was like, I said, you know, and it just hit me as I was talking to him. All my problems were still there, but my focus was on the right things. Abraham became so focused on the problem that he began to lead his family in the wrong direction. Don't let a disaster deviate you from being the husband that you need to be. He was directed by, not by the divine, but by a disaster. The second thing I wrote down is this. He was not directed by the father, but by his feelings. God never told him to go to Egypt. But he felt like that would be the right direction. Be very careful as we live our life, men, that we don't allow our emotions, and we always like, it's, it's so easy as men to say, yeah, you know, women are so much more dramatic than us. What I found is it's just not true. We're just quieter, right? Don't let your emotions dictate your life. Where that kicks in with men is this. You get angry. Anger should not have a part in any believer's life to where it controls you. You need to control it. Again, it's been said, and I've said it many times, emotions make a tremendous servant. 
God made us with emotions, life would be boring without emotions, all right? God displays emotions. There's nothing wrong with emotions until they begin to lead your life. When emotions are in charge of your life, it always ends in problems. And Abraham allowed his own feelings and his own thoughts and his own reasoning to direct his life instead of seeking what the Heavenly Father wanted him to do and where he wanted him to go. Be very careful, men, as we lead our families that we don't allow uh, our feelings, even our own reasoning. Say, well, hey, and I, I, I've dealt with this, all right, in counseling. Hey, pastor, I got a job opportunity, and this job opportunity, you know, where I'm going to have to move my wife and our two kids to this place over here, and, uh, but I'm going to get six more dollars an hour. And my first question is always this, what church are you going to go to? Well, there isn't a church there. Let me tell you, man, what the next answer is. I'm not going. Now you look, some of you are looking at me really weird. God desires for every one of his children to be in a church. That's where we are to grow and to feed and to, and to, be, uh, to, to be nourished in the word of God. And it, but but I, I can, and we get it all figured out, you better pray about it. You better seek the Lord's direction on it because we can get caught up in so much emotion sometimes, be it anger or even love. I just love my wife, so I'm just, I'm doing this because I love her. Is it what God wants? It sounds really weird, but you need to pray about it. It's okay every once in a while to tell your wife no. Boy, you all didn't amen that at all, right? I know some of you just think, you know, when you get married, you get mother-in-laws and father-in-laws and sister-in-laws and, you know, uh, uh, brother-in-laws. And, you know, when you get your wife, she is the law. That's what most of you are thinking right now, right? Yeah, but that's not true, all right? The Lord should direct you. So be careful. I'll keep going here. He was not directed by the divine, but by disaster. He was not directed by the heavenly father, but by his feelings. He was not directed by the book, but by his belly. You know why he went? He was hungry. And he, he didn't seek and ask, what does God want? And let the word of God lead him. Instead, he said, what do I want? Be very careful, men, because we love ourselves. Every man in this room does. And, and to a point that we have to be very careful about that. Because even when the Lord, you know, and I'm, I'm putting some Travis Burke fun commentary in this but when the lord is you know the holy spirit's giving us direction as husbands in ephesians chapter number five you know it's like all right husbands love your wives let's see what what can i say i'm mad this is fun uh, what can i say to get them to understand oh, i know as your own bodies right that's what he said because the, the epitome, we understand that because we love ourselves be very careful that you don't lead your family according to what you want What are we doing every Friday night? You're going to go watch your dad play, you know, golf or basketball. Uh, you know, nothing wrong with that on occasion. Fine, all right? But if you're not spending and you're neglecting time with your wife and neglecting time with your children because you want to do something you want to do, you can drag them around all you want to. But if you're not ministering to them, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're just doing it because you want to. So be very careful, not directed by the book, but by his belly. 
Fourthly, he was not directed by righteousness, but by his own reasoning. It made sense to go to Egypt. There's food there. So be careful. I've already said some things about that. I'm going to go on. Number one, be careful how you direct your wife. Number two, the second lesson I see in Abraham here is be careful how you distinguish your wife. Be careful how you distinguish your wife. Say, so what do you mean by that? In verse number 13, he said, Say, I pray thee, thou art my what? Sister. Can I tell you something real quick? Every man hear this. She's not your sister. That may sound like a weird statement, and you may be looking at me kind of weird, all right? But in other words, all right, she is, she's not just... every Right now, all right, in this room, there's many ladies in this auditorium. Praise the Lord for... You know, each and every godly lady that's in our lives. Amen. And I thank the Lord for them. All right. And I can look down there and Mrs. Daniels down there. She's my sister in Christ. She's my sister. Abby's my sister in Christ. All right. Jenna's my sister in Christ. Uh, Miss Becky's my sister in Christ. All right. My wife is distinguished from any other lady in this room. She's special. Amen? To me. She's not just my sister. She's way beyond that. And I say that because a lot of men, when we're not careful, you begin to take your wife for granted. You begin to look at her. And this is terrible, but I've just seen, I've done enough counseling now in the last 18 years, where you just look at her as another lady. And it's wrong. She's to be treated with honor and respect and love. She ought to be special. Stacy in this room is my favorite. You know, this shouldn't offend anyone, right? She's my favorite. She's the best. She's the most important. If you come to me tonight and say, I need to talk to you, but my wife comes to me right after you and says, I really need to talk to you right now, I'll get back to you. She's the most important. She should get the flowers. She should get the card. Amen. We should treat her special. Men, you should still flirt with your wife. Hold her hand. Hold her arm. Give her a kiss. The other day in school, I walked in my wife's classroom. She was sitting there teaching. The students were all working. I walked in. She looked at me. She said, yes. And I gave her a kiss, and I walked out. And she followed me out in the hallway. She goes, did you want something? I was like, yeah. That's <laughs> all I wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right. You see, those kids, I'm, I think children should know. Now, there's nothing inappropriate, all right? But I think children should know husbands love their wives. There's nothing wrong with that, all right? She's not your sister. Secondly, be careful how you distinguish your wife. She's not your servant. She's not your servant. What did he say in verse number 13? Say, I pray thee, thou art my sister. He said, Sarah, you need to say this. He told her what to do. And to what I can read, she didn't have much to say in it. He told her what to do and told her what to say. Men, your wife is not your maid. She's not your slave. 
We have to be very careful that we don't treat our wife like our, our personal chef, our personal slave, telling them what to do all the time. God does not teach men to be dictators. And if you lead your home as being a dictator, you're wrong. You teach them and lead them as the Lord leads and being a servant leader. And everything you do is because of them. And the way you lead them is for their benefit. We should teach them. We should instruct them and help them to be all that God wants them to be. Instead, I've seen many pastors treat their wives like unpaid staff members. We send our wife on every errand. We sit at home and play some video game while we send our wife to do all the things that we should be doing or could do. I'm not saying a wife shouldn't be doing things. Of course, we'll talk about wives later. Don't worry, husbands, all right? But so many sometimes just try to, they treat their wives wrong. She's not your sister. She is not your slave. Thirdly, she's not your shield. Why did Abraham ask her to do this or tell her to do this? To protect himself. I mean, he said it in verse number 13. Say this for my sake. Say this so that my soul shall live. Right? He, he, it's all about him. It's all about him. Be very careful that we don't treat our wives and use them like some shield. You say, how would I possibly do this? All right? Well, there's a problem with so-and-so. Why don't you go talk to him, honey? No, why don't you be the man and go talk to him? Amen. Y'all not amen in much. I'll just amen myself tonight. Oh, yeah, right? I mean, why, why do we do this? You know, and I, you know, I have to be careful as a pastor, right? And because, uh, uh, you know, that is an easy tendency to do. And for those training for the ministry in our church, right? Don't allow yourself to use your, your wife someday as a shield, all right? Uh, in other words, you know, uh, you know, there's a problem at church. And, you know, why, you know, I look at my wife and say, why don't you go talk to her, right? Well, there, that is a time. And if I'm going to talk to a lady, my wife will normally be present. If it's ever privately, she'll always be present, all right? Uh, but, uh, you know, but I shouldn't use my wife as my shield, Especially my dad with the kids. You handle it. I know mom's there and you're gone a lot. But if you're home, handle it. Don't look at your wife and be like, you go correct them. Go take care of that. No, you take care of that. Amen. Now, I'm not saying that she doesn't do some. She has to do some things. But the fact is this. A lot of men begin to use their wife as some shield to protect them so they're never the bad guy. And that's wrong. You don't treat her like your sister. You don't treat her like your slave. You don't treat her like a shield. And you don't use her as your supplier. As your supplier. See, what do you mean by that? Abraham, when this whole ordeal's done... Abraham got rich. Because of these choices, and because she was there in Pharaoh's house, and I hope you know the end of the story, God began to move, and 
Pharaoh eventually found out what was going on, and God began to curse Pharaoh's house, and he, he says, get out of here, Abraham, and he gave Abraham riches and servants. Because of what she did, Abraham got very rich. And all I'll say is this. Every able-bodied man should be the supplier for their home. You should lead in that. It drives me wacky when a husband's going to sit at home all day while his wife's out working. That's unbiblical. I even go a little step further. I believe it's a sin. Because him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. And the only biblical command and example that you see with a husband and wife is the husband should be the one doing that. They say, well, we just have an arrangement. I stay home and take care of the home, and she goes out and she makes all the money. You need to make a new arrangement. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that to men is to be the keeper of the home. Just doesn't say it. I know we're making friends tonight. Amen. Yeah, all right. Abraham got in a mess because of this. Abraham's family began to crumble because of this. And the, the issues that resulted from what I'm talking about on this point we're still dealing with today. We are. Because <laughs> one of the gifts was a maidservant by the name of Hagar. And there's still conflict in 2023 going on over this. So be careful. Be careful how you Distinguish your wife and direct your wife. And I'm not going to get to this point, but our third point next week will be be careful how you delegate your wife. Because you can study this if you want to, and then we'll talk about it next week. Because of Abraham's poor leadership, she lost her place where she should have been. She lost her peace. She lost her pleasure or her joy. She lost her position because of Abraham's poor leadership. And men, we need to be careful how we direct our family. We'll finish this next week, Lord willing.